fishing equipment and stuff. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, once you win a competition or two, you should have fishing equipment and be able to do it. You no. just have to figure out how to do it. And for some people, that was like their strategy. Like uh, Rupert uh, is one of the famous survivors. And he's a huge dude, big, big, fat dude, big beard, always wearing tie-dye shirts, um, nicest man in the whole world. And his whole strategy was, um, I'm going to be a provider, get food, and then they won't be able to get rid of me. Because if they do, they'll starve. <laughs> and it was very uh, smart. Yeah. He did very well. He just, he didn't win ever because uh, he was on twice, I think. But he did win fan favorite. And I think he won like $50,000 or something. Sure. Because it was like all-time fan favorite at the time or something. Yeah. People loved him. This is hysterical history. Are we recording now? <laughs> Welcome to Hysterical History, a podcast about funny history. Yeah. I'm Haley. Usually. I'm Alexis. Usually. Usually. I wasn't saying you usually. I was saying usually it's funny. (laughs) I mean, if nothing else, maybe we're funny. Hopefully. What if, like, we're funny? (laughs) I'm so funny. Oh, my gosh. I mean, why would you? I mean, you have to think you're funny if you're starting a comedy anything, right? Doesn't everybody think they're funny? My Mm -hmm. mom always says she's not funny. And then I tell her she is, and then she corrects herself and will say, I'm not intentionally funny. Yeah, she's really good at, like, situational comedy. She's really good at, like, talking down to animals when they're stupid. (laughs) She's really good. She made this joke over Christmas where she got her own stocking gifts, Mm -hmm. like her stocking stuffers. And then my dad was like, well, you got to open yours, right? Like, because we were opening ours. And then she was like, oh, okay, sure. And then she opened it. She was like, wow. (laughs) It's so funny. I laughed so hard, and she was so... She had such a big smile on her face. Like, she was so excited that I thought she was being funny. And what it was something it she did. On, it was something she did on purpose, and she was like, I'm funny. It was so I cute. did it. I the did it. most adorable. I did funny. Shout out to my mom if she's listening. Yeah. Probably not. If you didn't know, listeners, our parents don't normally listen. Yeah, they never listen. We tried once, and they're all like, this is interesting. This is long. Hmm. I don't think I get it. I don't I don't think I like it. Bye. I, nev- I don't really care about what you do. Oh, you made a Your thing? Your passions. You made a thing? You have many listeners a week? That's great. I'm never listening to it. Cute. I don't care to hear your voice. <laughs> oh, I was going to look at some statistics before I started my episode. You know what's funnier than anything? Gosh darn statistics. Statistics, yeah. yeah. Well, and I specifically want to shout out some places because I want us to get some more emails. Oh, yeah. So if you're from these places, email us. Someone from Japan, please email us. Please. Because it looks like no one else in the world statistically listens to us except for Tokyo. It's true. And I don't know if that's some kind of weird like zip code map thing going on in the algorithm or if all of you are actually from Tokyo if you're from Japan and you're not in Tokyo email us that'd be great or even if you are in Tokyo if just if you're in Japan email us like how did you find this and what's happening why are you listening are you- some of our earliest listeners were from Japan right and it's strange it's we don't understand it we love you but we don't understand it <laughs> right but like- in the past 3 weeks we've had 216 <clears throat> downloads from New Braunfels, Texas. Who are you? That's a lot. Is I wonder if it's one person. That's two hundred. Maybe we only have forty episodes. Maybe we're their ASMR and they just like listen to it on repeat. Maybe. 
Um, Remember when she said that thing about uh-huh. the robot? We got 71 from Atlanta, Georgia in the last three weeks. Uh, Pretty good. Pretty 44 good. 44 from Tallahassee, ah, Florida. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. I'm going to just pick out some random people, too. Somebody listens in Mount Pearl, Newfoundland, and Labrador. Cool. Um... They live on the tip of the universe. <laughs> oh yeah, like the little the tip, very tip little of tippity tip tip top. of North America. <laughs> Email us. I want to know who you are. I think it's a time traveler from the past when the Vikings landed there. There's a very long name that starts with Reggio from Italy. Leif Erikson. Uh, it's long and I can't pronounce Oh, we have someone Italian. from Italy? Yeah, 20 downloads from that Whoa. one place. And it doesn't seem like it's big, so it's probably one person. <laughs> Email us. We see you. We see you. In it. a not creepy way. Yeah. I'm always worried about saying this is going to make it seem like we it's can not, see into your it's house. Big. It's just like your yeah. town. It just gives us like a bubble. And then, of course, Perth. 97 downloads this three weeks. Heck yeah, Perth. Three weeks. And then we've got cute little, like, like earrings down here. <laughs> little spots in Australia. On, like, the east coast Brisbane, of Australia. Lilyfield and Seddon. And then, of course, Japan. And 59 then, downloads from Tokyo. Yeah. Just, you know. just today. Well, that's... A, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's three weeks. But, yeah. Thanks for listening, people. All over the place real cool. That's pretty cool. We've actually had a huge bump in our Australian listens, and we're almost at 10,000 downloads overall. Neat. Which is pretty dope. Yeah. That's a lot. That's more people than I can name. I mean, it's probably less than 10,000 people. (laughs) But, yes. It's a lot. So thank you for listening and being around. It's definitely less than that many people, because I know at least three of those listens are me. Right. I'm like, I don't listen anymore because I have to edit it. Mm-hmm. So I hear it before any of you. And I hear all the garbage that I'm going to take out of this. <laughs> uh, anyway, today, Haley, I'm going to be doing you're, a French accent. You're going to be French and all over the place. <laughs> don't say it that way. It sounds what? like French <laughs> kissing and I don't like it. It's gross. Your brain is so much dirtier than mine. It's not. Mm, I think it is. No. I would have never thought of that joke. You're just, you're so far, mm-hmm. see, but normal people, Frenching, that's what it means. <laughs> you just don't understand slang because you're from Alaska. <laughs> I once, it was the first year I moved to Stevens and I had different roommates. That was and, our uh, dorm rooms from college. And I was downstairs and we'd all got like little Ben and Jerry's ice creams. Right. And my roommate had, you know, some eating utensils and, uh. You know how, like, in emergency rooms, they'll be like, scalpel, stat. Yeah. Uh, That was in my mind. And I'm like, spoon me. Mm. And she just kind of stared at me for a (laughs) bit. um, Uh, Throw me a spoon, please, to my hand. Thank you. Don't actually touch me. Spoon me. I thought you were going to say something about forking. (laughs) (laughs) Forking? Yeah. What is forking? Sex. No, I've never heard of that. Mm-hmm. Forking? It's always a joke about spooning. Because spooning is just when you, like, hug the other person from behind yeah. with your body. Uh-huh. And then they'll be like, oh, what about forking? And then it's about sex. Never heard. Scissoring? No. But that's not an eating utensil. No, no, no. It's forking. So yeah. what would chopsticking be? I don't want to talk about this anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, we're going to talk about, this is the longest name in the world. I know you're going to love it because it's French. 
Charles, Genevieve, Louis, Auguste, André, Timothy, Dion de Beaumont, also known as Genevieve, Chevalier Dion. Mm-hmm. Genevieve, Genevieve is in there. He's like a knight of sorts. Are you asking me? Well, I mean, Are you Chevalier? Oh, is yes. Uh, he's a diplomat mm-hmm. and he's a spy. <laughs> he's a spy. <laughs> he's not a very good one because we know it. Well, it's hundreds of years later. He's not a spy right hey, now. Hey, the best spies, <laughs> we never are going to find out. It's true. Shakespeare, Marlowe, a spy. Lincoln, <laughs> what? Queen Elizabeth. I don't know what's happening anymore. The Fourth. You're just naming people <laughs> who don't even exist yet. Okay. But anyway, he is born... On October 5th in 1728. All right. Um, and it says he's born to a minor aristocratic family in Burgundy. His connections with his family lead him to be in civil service. Uh, and then he climbs up the ranks. And then in 1756, he becomes secretary to the French ambassador to Russia. Uh oh. It's early enough that that's not a bad thing. Yeah. No. Russia has such a. Boner for France. It's, it's true. It's kind of an uh oh. It's like they're gonna glomp onto you and make it scary. And they're like mm, you're so Hi. great. I Hi. love you. Have you seen my dress? It's just like yours. <laughs> Wink, isn't it? Except it's like made out of raccoons. Except mine's falling off. Oh, yeah, no. mine's made out of real blood. Do you <laughs> Don't like you it? Love it. It keeps me warm in the winter when I'm murdering people. <laughs> but also, you could keep me warm in the winter. Hey, mm-hmm. hey France. Hey. It's true. Um, I think France is what Russia wants to be. Almost always. And then it doesn't work. No, because Russia's parents are always abusive. Yeah, and behind. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like as far as countries go in, like, technology and, like, um, development. Well, Russia's always a good, like, 50 to 100 years behind. Well, poor Russia didn't get a renaissance like the rest of you did. It got the Mongol horde, so just it's shut true. up, Europe. It's true. They're doing... But because of that, uh-huh. I think the French always look um, very enticing to them, and especially, like, the French in the Enlightenment because they're having all these big fancy parties just mm-hmm. to talk about ideas and right. all this beautiful art they have left over from the Renaissance. And mm-hmm. they're just... It's kind of the... It's the France heyday. Yeah. And they're really rich and uh, they're very, you know, fancy. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that we have French in our mind when we think of something being fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's at this time. But also, like, if you try to suck up to the French... I feel like they don't respect you for they it. They don't. They really nope. don't. Nope, they don't. They, they're they the Regina George of <laughs> countries. It's completely true. And they still are, and I love it. It's why I love them. Yeah. Like, my mom and I are going on a trip to Europe, mm-hmm. and my mom was talking about how my aunt's been there, and she said a lot of people, especially in France, can be, like, really snooty and, like, look down on tourists. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's true. Yep. <laughs> like, there's nothing to add. They're going to be that either way. Because my mom was like, what should I wear? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, and then it, she was like, but I don't want them to make, like, what Then they're going to be talking about us. I'm like, they're going to be talking about us maybe anyway. Probably but not. Won't know, so shh. Right. Like, but if anybody knows, to, it'll be me, and I don't care. In the in the Regina George 
analogy, you have to suck up, but they won't respect you for it. Right. Like, if you go into a shop, you have to, like, introduce yourself and say it in French. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be like, okay, that'll do. Yeah. But, but they'll also be like, ugh. Ugh. You aren't actually French, so stop trying to speak our language. And you're mm-hmm. doing it wrong. You're doing it very poorly. We demand you do it, but you're doing it bad. Pretty much. Uh, Dion, uh, he gets, it says tapped, which I like that somebody like just Ooh. goes, boop, boop. They tapped him. Um, for another royal service. I'd tap which that. Which is Le Secret du Roi, which is the king's secret. <laughs> In bed? No. Uh, uh, it's a network of spies. <laughs> In bed. Wink. No. <laughs> the king's secret. The king's secret. The king's dirty secret. <laughs> no, this is his clean secret. He's got a dirty secret. Um, network of spies and um, diplomatic agents established by Louis XV in the 1740s. Of course. Um, with the aim of putting his cousin, Prince de Conti, on the Polish throne... And turning the country into a French satellite. What a joke. <laughs> Boy, are you going to be He's surprised. like, we're going to get Poland. Uh, Spoiler alert. No. No. Also, you don't want Poland. No. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you don't. You don't. But, like, how, how stoked do you think Russia would have been, though? Like, if somebody's yeah. going to have Poland and it's not them, they probably want it to be France. That's interesting. Then it's like we're even closer. That's an interesting idea, because Russia is very much like, that's ours. Right. Um, it's not really Poland to them as much as it is, like, ours, mm-hmm. and Polish people are in it. Right. Which is also how the Germanic people feel. True. Which is also how everyone in the world feels. Yeah. They're like, it's not really Poland. They're like, it's like, it's a combo <laughs> of Germany, Russia. The Poles are just in it. So I'm... I'm actually not sure how they would have felt if France had gotten in on that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't... Germany would not have been pleased. No, Germany would have been very angry. Uh, and by Germany, Austria I mean would Austria have been, would yeah. have been upset, and Prussia would have been upset. Mm-hmm. Despite how much uh, Fritz loved France. Yeah, and I think at this time, Prussia and France have pretty good relations. It's just, it's just presumptive. Yes. Well, and... It's it's such a sneaky way to do it, too. Yeah. You're not taking it over. You're like, we're just going to put somebody over there right. to be on your throne, and he happens to belong to me. I, I like to think if they had tried, the same thing would have happened, but it would have been more of an F you to France. It's like what Napoleon did with What's-His-Face, and he became the king of Sweden or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that we don't remember. <laughs> it's so unimportant. Yeah. He became the king of Sweden, right? <laughs> And then, because he was like, that's going to be good for me in France. And then right. he was like, no, I don't care. No. <laughs> I'm like, it probably the same thing would have happened. Yeah. They put him in charge of Poland, and he's like, and now I'm in charge of Poland. <laughs> hey. And now I'm Polish, and I learned Polish, and uh, this is where I live. But anyway, anyway, apparently the secret is so secret. Secret. That, um... It's hidden from and sometimes acted against the official French foreign ministry. What an idiot. <laughs> Whatever we want. What? So basically it's in charge of itself is what it sounds like. You fools. La la la. You don't Your secret police is not yours and you're <laughs> stupid. And they don't listen to your foreign ministry. <laughs> Whoops. Uh that's that's a good question though. Like when you create a super secret spy ring organization for the government, how do you make them not just go off and do their own thing? I think you have to, like, threaten death all I, the time. I think you have to... I think you gotta do what uh, what they did with Natasha Romanoff. You gotta break people. 
and make them your own. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way they're going to absolutely listen right. to you. That's how America does it. Yeah. Yeah. Break them. Break them. Um, but they're not doing that. They're just like, you seem like a fancy boy who's smart. You want to be in a secret club of secrets where you get to do whatever you want, kind of? And he's like, hell yeah. Nothing could go wrong. <laughs> F yeah. Uh, so he's in charge of relations with Russia, obviously, in his official capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also secretly in charge of the Poland thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and promoting France's general interests and well-being. Yeah. Um. We know that France doesn't get Poland, so that obviously doesn't work. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You've only been joking France about it. France has never owned Poland <laughs> for, like, ever. Five minutes. Yeah. They think they do sometimes, but they don't. But they don't. But, uh, it's so weird how often... Sorry, I'm just going to keep... As long <laughs> as you're even adjacent to Poland as a topic, yeah. I will interrupt. It's fine. But how often I see, like, Chopin listed in as a French composer, ah. or even an Austrian composer, I'm like, stop it. Mm. No. Secondly, shut up. Is he Polish? He's Polish. I had no idea. I mean, he's I would Poland. have guessed Austrian just because of Austria. I mean, there is that technical thing, because Poland doesn't exist <laughs> at the time. Sure. But he also... But he's from the land of Poland. He's from the and... land of Poland. He's very strongly patriotic to... Poland that will rise again. Sure. He died... And, like, ethnically... Ethnically from that place. Polish. Yeah. Uh, and he dies during a revolution where Poland is fighting for its independence again. Oh. And he knows it, and he dies before it fails, I think. Sure. And it's just sad. He would have loved to go home, but he never got to. Right. I read somewhere something similar about not uh, him but like I was reading something about Tesla Mm -hmm. and somebody said oh what did they say I don't remember where they said he was from but immediately I was like he's Serbian what are you talking (laughs) about and it was like because it was like a technicality it was like oh yeah Serbia doesn't exist when he's born and I'm like he is nationally Serbian it doesn't matter the country doesn't matter Mm -hmm. I'm like it's that his parents are both Serbian so I don't care if they, like, get absorbed and then break up again. I'm like, you can't say he's not Serbian. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, he's all Serbia has. Don't (laughs) take him from them. That's all they have. They only have Tesla. So don't take him away. And a really beautiful country. Sure. But I mean, like, famous people. That's, like, all they have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, so he's also admitted uh, Chevalier to the prestigious royal and military order of St. Louis, which sounds fake, um, which is a huge honor for the man when he's only 35. He's a young man. I thought you were going to say 13. I'm like, yeah. 13? Wow. No. Um, and that's where he gets uh, his title as Chevalier, mm-hmm. or it's the equivalent of Sir, it says. Um, so he's been, like, knighted, which is pretty dope. I am a little sad. The only reason I knew that was because of Dragon Age. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's very French, Dragon Age. Um, or at least some of the people. Mm-hmm. So, Poland taking fails. Mm-hmm. What's our next plan, Haley? What's always kind of France's plan for... Destroy uh, England. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just in general. Um, I would say... Is it true? Is yeah. that really? Oh, yeah. gosh. It's not um, destroy, it's invade. But yes, 
So that's his new uh, objective. Take away all of their vinegar <laughs> and replace it with good sauce. Throw it in the mud. <laughs> Throw it in the Thames, <laughs> that dirty, filthy river that's just as bad as they are. Gross. I like that in pretending to be a French person mocking English, my accent became slightly British. Yeah. Because um, in America, all villainous accents are British. And all people from Europe are, are British. British. Yeah. yeah. British English. <laughs> or if it's back in time... Or yeah. if it's in a different world. If you're a Roman, yeah. you are British. If it's Game of Thrones and it's not even our world, you're mm-hmm. British. If it's in space, you're probably British. <laughs> it's true. Do you drink tea? Of course British you do. Just, British accent just equals <laughs> foreign to American TV. <laughs> it's not our fault. It's Britain's fault. It's true. You did this. <laughs> you did this. Anyway, but so in 1763, in April, uh, Dion... Uh, is named Minister Plenipotentiary. Gosh, too, my favorite word. Too many syllables. It's what? so hard to say. What does it mean? I don't know. <laughs> it basically, like, it's like our official minister to this place. Plen- plenipotentiary? Plenipotentiary. Yeah, plenipotentiary. Yeah. What is zoning? <laughs> that's a callback joke. That's a very, that's a long ago callback. <laughs> uh, what is zoning? Yeah, that's episode, what, three? <laughs> nice. Or, or five. Nice, bro. Might be five. Nice. That's good luck with you and your pimps. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't listened to it. I'm amazed you knew the episode. I wouldn't have been able to tell you the episode. Well, I immediately was like, why were you asking me what zoning is? Like, And why would oh, I have been talking about it? Right. And then I'm like, oh, yes. Oregon. Oregon. Uh, anyway... But I don't know what it means. I think, but I think Thomas Jefferson used to be the plenipotentiary to France. And so I think it just means like our official ambassador dude. Yeah. I think so. Um, Yeah, then it says with the status of ambassador. Whatever. Yeah. So it's not the same, but whatever. Who cares? To British court. So he goes to British court for France. Um, Which is an excellent cover, it says. Mm Mm-hmm. For directing a survey <laughs> of the English coast to find a good place to mount an invasion. I don't know why they allow anyone who's French in the country. <laughs> Stupid. And cultivating members of Britain's opposition party in Parliament. I mean... So they're doing it. Uh, they want a physical place where they can land. Yeah. But they also are trying to get the uh, natives, as it were, to <laughs> Britain um, to turn against their own government. Of course beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad plan. Like, what year is this? 1763. I mean... I want to remind people, Britain hasn't been successfully invaded since 1066. So, right. I, I wonder if this is going to work. Yeah. So they have they start to have problems, though, mm-hmm. with Chevalier Dion. No. no really? Yeah. Um, first, he has really expensive taste. Well, and it becomes a problem. He's a French spy. Of course he does. Right. But it's like, not just that he's spending a lot of money, but it's like, he wants French wine. He doesn't want British wine. And no so he keeps does. importing a whole bunch of wine, and it's mm-hmm. costing them a lot of money. And they're like, can you stop it? Because they're not making any money off of him drinking it. Because mm-hmm. they're paying for it, too. Yeah. And then having to send it to England. And they hate England. So mm-hmm. they're like, don't. Um, They're like, we understand, but can you not? Please. And his government is apparently very low on cash, so they're like, please stop doing this. <laughs> We're starting to run out of money. <laughs> People are starving because of your stupid wine. We can't afford bread. You have to stop. Um, They're going to cut off all of our heads. And he's he's 
acting as ambassador, but he's not actually the ambassador, apparently. He's the plenipotentiary. Yes. Completely different than he's, ambassador. He's, he's sort of the ambassador, but also just a hoe. <laughs> yeah. But the Comte de uh, Gershi, he's the actual ambassador, right? So he's kind of like ambassador interim while this guy's somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets back... Uh, they don't get along oh, no. at all. He's like, I have to do all the paperwork, um, and you just drink wine and try to entice girls. Well, and, and when when he gets there, Dion is supposed to be demoted to his secretary. Mm-mm, that's not going to happen. No. Mm-mm. So he's like, um, no thanks. He also says at some point um, that they have... A tussle, which I don't know if that means a physical fight or just a verbal fight. In bed? No. Um, (laughs) He says the accusing, or he he accuses Comte of trying to murder him. He's Mm -hmm. like, he wants this job back so bad he's trying to kill me. I bet he just, like, served British wine. And he's like, this is poison. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) He tried to murder me. Um, Also, it says that he's at odds with uh, Gershi sometimes uh, because of his work in secret. His, in his, the king's secret. His king's secret. Yeah, so that he's saying that sometimes Gershi is saying, like, no, the French position on this is to do this thing, and that uh, Dion is like, no, we need to do this other thing, and so then they just argue a lot. Mm-hmm. And then, and he's like, why would you do that? That's not what we're supposed to do. And, but he doesn't, but Comte doesn't know that, uh, the Comte de Gershi doesn't know that he's in secret, because it's secret. So then it just leads to a lot of Angry yelling and threats mm-hmm. of death. Um, and he sa- he keeps sending Dion keeps sending letters to France. That's like keep getting more and more angry about the situation because he's like this doesn't work with the two of us. Um, and then after it says six months after he's given the job, Dion is fired for his insolent behavior. I mean, yeah. Um, you child. And he's given, it's October 4th when that happens, and he's given until the 19th to come home mm-hmm. for chastising. It says, <laughs> come home so we can yell at you we, in person. We have to spank you in front of the whole court. Yes. However, mm. he says, no thanks. No. No. I will not. No messy. I will not come home. I have not finished all the wine. <laughs> I have things to do here. I like it better. Until I run out of wine, I will not come home. Yeah. As long as there is wine to drink, I will not I move. I will not come home. <laughs> so Louis Fifteenth is like, hey, get back over here. And mm-hmm. then he's like, no. No? And he doesn't. He's like, I know the king's secret, which is a rash. <laughs> <laughs> on his bottom. On his rumpus. Rumpus. Um... So he orders him to be extradited back to France. So he's like, Dion, come back. And then Dion's like, no. Ooh, and I then, know, hmm. And I then, never thought about, like, whether France has expedition rights from England. Extradition, yeah. In the 1700s. Right. What? So Louis the Fifteenth says, hey, England, send him back. Now, kick him out of your country and give him back. Because if you were England, wouldn't you be like, I mean, if you don't like him, then maybe I like him. Yeah, and the British foreign minister refuses. He's like, no, no, no. Um, Uh He says, Dion's free to stay in Britain as a private citizen as long as he wants. He's fine. He's fine. We'll let him be British. We don't care. (laughs) He'll run out of wine and die anyway. Because apparently he's 
He's befriended a lot of powerful people in England. That was his job. Translation, he slept with many people. <laughs> that was his job. He slept <laughs> with everyone in Parliament. And they're like, we're keeping him. <laughs> He's super hot. He's great. Um, He's banged every person in Parliament. So then the French Foreign Ministry makes several attempts to kidnap him. <laughs> <laughs> we're taking your playboy back. And arrest him. And in retaliation... Um, he tells his superiors in secret that he would tell everything if he wasn't vindicated. So he's got secrets himself mm -hmm. of the King of France's, and he says, I'm just going to tell everybody in England about it, mm -hmm. unless you leave me alone. Double agent. Mm -hmm. Which is always the problem with spies. Well, especially once you start <laughs> threatening them with, like, extradition. Yeah, right. Like, once he said, no, I'm not coming back, they should have tried to just figure out a way for him to do something there and stay that was, like, mildly useful, but, like, also doesn't matter. Yeah. Just give him something to do. Right. Say sorry. Give him a fake title and then ignore him. And just have comp day there in case something happens. Mm -hmm. uh, but no. So he says he will spill all the secrets. And then uh, it says on March 1764, he fired a warning shot. Uh, he published a scandalous book with uh, the first of several promised volumes Ooh. of all his diplomatic correspondence since being named Minister Plenipotentiary. Is it rated X? <laughs> I don't think so. But like, holy shiz. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, no, this is really Ooh. bad. Going to kill you now. Really bad. Mm -hmm. Um, and yes, yeah, as he went from a somewhat minor figure on the European political stage to a central character for a short time, yeah, because they're like, "Wow, what?" Um, talked about not only by heads of state but by newspapers and cafes in aristocratic households all over. Everybody's like, "You hear about this guy? You hear about that guy? He's crazy. Do you hear about Genevieve? He's crazy. He's so out of control. <laughs> Do you hear he published a book? And he said there's gonna be more." He's going to publish more. I can't um, wait. One of the authors of a book about him uh, is named Cates. Uh, Cates, uh, Cates? That's his last name, yeah. Cates. Um, and he includes a temp contemporary letter from a 16-year-old girl to her friend in which she dishes uh, about Dion's treasonous imprudence. That's so cute. <laughs> the proto-tumbler was so alive and well. Yeah. She's like, have you heard about this guy and his treasonous imprudence? Crazy. And, but in some ways, basically, Dion has given himself up to the British government, right? Because now he's saying, I need your help, uh, which is good for them and not for France or him, really. Mm -hmm. um, and, and to the British people, because now it's like... The British government has the say, but, like, if the British people really like him, what are they going to do? Mm -hmm. They can't be like, well, we're going to get rid of them because people get mad. Right. So now um, he has, like, it says, like, a celebrity protection, mm -hmm. right? People like him and are interested in him, so they're like, no, 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 keep him. No, no. We like him here. <laughs> Look at his little face. Look, no, no. He's mm -hmm. the only good French. And now that he's proclaimed all of these things, like all this crap about the French foreign ministry, it makes him a better spy. Okay. Because it makes him seem like he doesn't like France. Sure. Which isn't true. Mm -hmm. He loves France. He's just mad that they're, like, 
going to yell at him. Yeah. And he's like, that's not fair. Don't yell at me. I don't deserve that. (laughs) Don't fire me. I didn't do anything. I just like wine. What a strangely soft boy. Yeah. So he's like, no. No, I love you. I just don't like it when you yell. (laughs) Pretty much. So no, he's still, he's not disloyal to France. He still loves France. And he does Mm want to go back eventually, but he doesn't want to go back and get in huge trouble and have problems. Because he's been in like multiple wars and stuff before this. Like he's Mm -hmm. decorated and he's earned his position. So he's like, no, you're not just going to fire me just because I can't get along with this stupid idiot. Um, That's not fair. And so now that he's published this book, the British are like, have you heard about this Frenchman who hates his country and all these things, right? And then now everybody wants to talk to him about stuff. Mm -hmm. And so he's even a better spy. And it's like, well, now we can't get rid of him. He (laughs) needs to be there. Um, Dang it! um, So Louis XV says quietly gives him a lifelong pension of 12,000 livres annually um, in exchange for reports about British politics. That's a lot when your country doesn't have money. It is. Um, And he needs to hand over the incriminating documents he has from secret. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, daddy's going to get real mad. Yeah. Um, And it says he spent the next decade in exile in London. Mm -hmm. Although I wouldn't really call it that. Um... Still in service to his king. So he's doing what he says. He's helping him out. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of stuck there. Um, I mean, is he still being sent wine? I'm sure he is. Then it's not really exile. Then is it stuck? <laughs> is it stuck? Because, um, as we all know, you can't drink the water, and the wine is undrinkable. Right. So as long as they keep sending you provisions, it's fine. But Louis the Fifteenth dies. Uh oh. In 1774, mm-hmm. and his son, the ill-fated, it says Louis the Sixteenth. I wonder what happened to him. Weird. No mm-hmm. idea. We'll have to do an episode about that. Yeah. I guess sometime. Hmm. It's a mystery. Wonder what happened. <laughs> um, but he wants to eliminate secret. He's like, this is bad. This is. What are we paying him? He's not wrong. Um, and he, he doesn't see having a utility in having two foreign policies, one secret and one not secret. So he's like, we're not going to do this. Also, invading Britain's a mistake. And I'm yeah. like, look at how smart you're being. Oh, you're not going to last we one. always crap yeah. on how bad you were being a leader, but like, the, all of that is smart. These are all good ideas. Yeah. But once again, that makes Dion a problem now. Mm-hmm. Um, because we can't use him for secret anymore which means we need to get him back or we need to actually exile him, both of which probably aren't the best thing in the world. Um, so this man, Beaumarchais, uh, Beau. he approaches... Uh, that's his last name is Beaumarchais. Beaumarchais. Yeah. He approaches Dion to negotiate his return to France the next year. They're like, what, what do we need to give you in order to get you back? Mm-hmm. Um and crucially, the return of documents he possessed as a spy. They're like, we really need those <laughs> so that you don't publish them in the paper right. anymore. Right. Um, Stop giving them to the news. And then after several months of talking, Dion signs, it's called The Transaction. <laughs> I wanted it to be a okay. movie. The Transaction. That's what this, the movie about his life would be called The Transaction. That's so boring. Um, as the agreement was called, uh, he would give up all papers and return to France as soon as possible. And the king would pay some of his substantial debts that he has in England. What? Yeah. How? Are, what are you doing? I You're don't getting know. paid so much money to do nothing. I know. Except listen, 
and you're still and you're still in debt. Yeah, kill him. He's stupid. He's oh, he's um, soft and stupid. But they're gonna pay us substantial debts and pension. Um, and he would publicly be recognized in France as a woman. Uh, Plot twist. <laughs> that wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. Why the last part? Um, that's what we're going to talk about for the rest of the episode, <laughs> probably. Wow. Um, which is confusing to the French government at the time. Um, and Haley. Haley no, no, is also... Not for the reason that uh, you're confused. They're like, wait, we're, pay- we're paying the debts? No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> the, the woman French, thing's fine, but... The French government already thought Dion was secretly a woman. Oh, okay. So they were like, wait a minute. So they all kind of Aren't secretly, you a woman? They're like, oh, 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 you weren't? We all thought you were. <laughs> right. But they're like, I but, but uh, Chevalier Dion is like, I want to be recognized as a woman when I return. And they're like, okay. Was he? <laughs> we're going to talk about it. Okay. Um... And apparently as early as the 1770s, there were rumors circulating in Britain and France that Chevalier was actually a Chevalier, uh, which is the female version. Mm-hmm. And once they started, they didn't stop. It says, Whoa. the rumors don't stop. Um, don't stop. One French aristocrat wrote to a friend, all the world says it. Final incontestable proof. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, if everyone says it, it must be true. Yeah. Um, I, I said it. In 1771, London bookmakers start taking bets on his gender. Ooh. Uh, three to one odds that he's a woman at first. Uh, <laughs> so. Before sinking uh, to even money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's even. like 50-50. We're not sure. Then why bother um, betting? I don't know. Booksellers are idiots. <laughs> bookmakers. Makers. <laughs> Publishers bookies. are stupid. <laughs> well, no, these are bookies. Where they're making bets. Oh, I thought you like bookmakers. Yeah, but they're bookies. Yeah. To make bets. It was unclear. <laughs> they don't make books. <laughs> they take bets. Uh, so now it's 50-50. That makes way more sense. Yeah. I'm like, why are the publishers <laughs> running a betting pool? It's confusing. Specifically. Is it because no, 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 of the no, no, book no. deal? No. And at, at some point, it says he couldn't even leave the house without armed guards, owing to many people who wanted to see him naked. <laughs> Makes sense. Because they want to know what's under there. Yeah. Yet his understandable refusal to publicly reveal his gender uh, prolonged the debate for years. That's wonderful. Which is probably part of why England was like, no, no, we'll keep him. Because he, he's a big question mark. We're, mm-hmm. we're interested. We're very curious. What's under the pants? <laughs> Those tight pants. In May 1772, a French secretary in the service uh, of the secret... Mm. I hate that it's called secret. It just seems so stupid. Secret. I'm sure in French it sounds better. <laughs> what, what is it in I, French? No, I think it was just sec- uh, secret. Yeah, it was just secret. It doesn't sound better. Uh, it sounds slightly better. But that's just because um, you like French. That's true. Uh, allegedly, uh, but they came to London to investigate the claim that he was a woman. Um, the person left in June, fully convinced that he was indeed female because that's what Dion told him. Is what he says. And a spy never lies. I know, like, they wanted you to look at his junk, not ask him. (laughs) Like, he could say anything. Maybe he said it to be funny. Who knows? (laughs) It's like, oh yeah, totally. Um, But Cates, like I said, was someone who wrote a book about him, um, believes that he planted the rumors himself. I mean, that sounds being a woman. Sounds hilarious. Um, And that when Beaumarchais came in 1775, um, that he was armed with a strong enough fictional narrative behind him of these rumors 
that he'd been born female, but forced into the role of a son by his tyrannical father. Because mm. he was like, I need a son. You're does, useless. Does kind of sound like a story. It's possible. It's possible. It does sound like a good rumor. Yes. More than a good story. Agreed. Um, and this would enable him to retire from secret, return to France, as Kate suggests. Um, a heroine who had dressed up as a man in order to perform patriotic acts for Louis XV in the eyes of the public rather than a trickster. France does like their heroic women. They do. They really do. Mm-hmm. And they really latch on to them. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing in France that's better than being dedicated to France. Yes. With your whole heart and soul. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we will forgive your illegalness of dressing as a woman going to war, or dressing as a man to go to war, because you're just so gosh darn dedicated to France. You just you just love it so gosh darn much. That you had to break the law. And you know what? That's fine. That's fine. We love it when you do that. We do. Ladies. <laughs> ladies. Ladies. You do it more often, ladies. It's a good thing they didn't burn you at the stake three times when you were over there. Ladies. Tee-hee. Um, but yeah, so the story is born female, Dion's raised male by the father who wanted a son. He excels at being a diplomat and a soldier, a she, I guess, um, and is now coerced by the new king to adopt the appearance, the appearance of his birth gender, it says. Mm-hmm. Um, which that one makes it sound like they're forcing him. Like, if you sure. come back, we know you're a woman now and you have to be a woman. Right. Um, it, we don't ever know what the actual story is. As far as I've read, there's like 15 different things. Um, like, one of them was that Beaumarchais told him that that would be better for him. Um, he, he was like, hey, if you come back a woman, that's mm-hmm. going to be way easier for you. And they'll that's actually true. take you back. Yeah. And he was like, okay, mm-hmm. that's fine. I want to go home. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, it says uh, Dion was meant to return to France in women's dress, but was still wearing his dragoon captain's uniform. Um, as much a symbol to his political power as gender when he stepped off the boat. It took several months and a royal decree, <laughs> but he eventually was coaxed out of it. <laughs> Get out of your pets. He's just sleeping in his dragoon uniform. He's like, no, no, take I, it off. I may be a woman now, but I'm going to wear this because I'm awesome. Look at how hot Look I am. At, I got to be, I was a dragoon captain. Mm-hmm. Nothing sounds cooler. It's almost like a dragon captain. You're a dragoon. Amazing. Dragoon. Um... He says he's handed over to Rose Berton, who's a famous clothing director, to Marie Antoinette. Um, so, like, basically the best clothing designer in France at the time. Yes. Yeah. Marie Antoinette is currently queen. Yes. Um, in whom he can supposedly confided, Thankfully, mademoiselle, I do not know what I need. Or truthfully, I do not know what I need. I only know that it is more difficult to equip a lady than a company of dragoo- <laughs> dragoons from head to foot. That's true. It is true, especially at the time. Mm-hmm. They wear so much clothes. Um, and then in November 21st, 1777, um, Mademoiselle la Chevalière Dion was formally presented at the court of Versailles, <laughs> reborn, after a four-hour toilet (laughs) (laughs) that included powdered hair, an elaborate dress, and makeup. Um, Renaissance. Contemporary reports nastily remark (laughs) that Dion was not an attractive woman. (laughs) She had nothing of our Uh, sex but the petticoats and curls which suited her horribly, says one female courtier. Well... Which, yep, now that you're a woman, it's all about, are you pretty or not? And the answer is no. Yeah. You're an ugly woman. Gosh, it's amazing how fast that flips. It's also just, like, a 
I feel like I need to say, amazing in concept, mm-hmm. this idea. Because, like, you know, obviously this is considerably, at least in some ways, about, like, being trans and the trans community, which, like, recently, mm-hmm. you know, even in just, like, the last ten years, has gained a lot of traction in, like, being accepted and, like, understood better. Um, but that idea has been happening, you know, like, the idea that you don't feel like your gender has been happening since people, under, like, thought of genders. Right. Um, and understood them in any way. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, that's not new. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea at this time that they're just like, okay, yeah, you can just be a woman now because we think you might be a woman in sure. your pants mm-hmm. is strange. Well, it it is a one-way street, though, because if you might be a woman, you're absolutely not allowed to be a dude anymore. Right. Uh, but you can't go back now. Right. If you might be a woman, you're not allowed to be a dude anymore. It's true. Like, we won't even risk it. And I'm impressed and and also saddened um, by how much they really do treat Dion like a woman after this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it says, after a period of adjustment, um, Dion appeared to embrace the womanhood and her persona as an Amazon woman, because she's very tall. Nice. Um, although, uh, it says, reports suggest that she never really um, got comfortable with aristocratic women, uh, which makes sense, because they're really judgmental and terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but that the life of a woman was disappointing to Dion. Um, yeah. That her political and patriotic voice was essentially muted. I'm me. like, yep. Yeah, welcome to this No One Cares. This was part of why they were okay with you being a woman and coming back. <laughs> right. They're like, now you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Right, because if, uh, if you're, you're politically dude, castrated yourself, right. thanks. Uh, you can't pretend to a power that you don't have anymore because now you're a lady. Right. No one cares. Get in your... Go go sit in your chair and shut up. There's some great photos I need to show you, or, or not photos. <laughs> uh-huh. the wrong word. Um, pictures, like pictures, drawings, paintings of um, of her at court um, in a dress, I believe, but I think sometimes pants. Um, doing uh, fencing duels, which I think cool. is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm into it. Um, but anyway, so France joins the American War of Independence in 1778. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dion's like, I want to go. Yeah, you need to get out of your country because they will love you in the States. Um, but of course, her government's like, uh, no, you're a woman. You don't get to be in war, doofus. Right. Also, we've done that thing where we let you go. And it turned out terribly. Right. And she's like, but I was a dragoon captain and you need me. Like, I'm really good at this. And they're like, no, no. Go sit down in your dress. It's like uh, you turned over your license for being autonomous. Like, you know, when you moved to Las Vegas and you gave over your permit to get a new permit. Right. And they're like, well, you can't get it back now. Mm -hmm. Uh, You were a dude. And now you're not. And now you can't be a dude anymore. Right. Sorry. We're uh, not flipping the script again. Right. Nope. You can't go back. You asked to be a woman, and now you're a woman. Mm-hmm. Congrats. Like, it's conceivable that uh, a dude might be a woman, because that's, like, a step down in power. Sure. But in no way ever would we allow a woman to have a man's power. No. No chance. Not unless she whipped it out. And we're like, oh, that's penis. Hmm. No, still no. <laughs> you don't think so? <laughs> you just keep it under that skirt. Yep. 
Um, we can't and, we can't let you roving around doing things again. Yeah. And it says not only does the government say no, mm-hmm. you're a woman. Um, they actually apparently pressured her to join a convent. Of course they did. They're like, mm. It's like the final nail in the don't talk again coffin. Yeah. Go be a woman in the corner mm-hmm. where we just ignore you entirely. Right. Um, you like can't get out anymore. And other people told her the only way she was going to get political influence again in Versailles, they were like, "You got to get married. You got to marry to some dude Ooh. who's got power." Did did they did they marry? <laughs> Hold on. Ah. Um, so Dion continues to yell at the government to allow her to go to war, uh, and then she's arrested and thrown into a dungeon beneath the Chateau uh, of Dion or Dijon. Um, mustard. Yeah, mustard. That's where they make the mustard in the dungeon. That's the what dungeon. she had to do. <laughs> That's where they make you grind the mustard seeds. Uh, she was released after 19 days, as long as she promised to stop asking them to go to war. Mm-hmm. Shut up. Um, Shut up. And every time she tried to do anything politically from then on, it was immediately quashed by the French government. No, no, no. You're not allowed to have Who thought forced her into retirement on her family estate in the rural uh, Tonnerre. And 1785, she moves back to England, ostensibly, it says, to settle some debts, but in reality, just seeking freedom from the French monarchy. Um, because Britain seems to be more chill. Um, and she's welcome there. They still love her. They're super excited. They're like, we have bets going on. It's gonna be way easier if you die here. Because mm-hmm. the French will just lie to us to make fun like of us. Like they always do. Those filthy liars. <laughs> um, and then the French Revolution begins in 1789, so slipped out. Great time. You got out just in time. Great job. Because mm-hmm. you would have definitely got your head cut off. Absolutely. Um, and that means Dion's annual uh, pension is suspended, and now she's properly broke. Yeah. Um, she sells a famous collection of books, uh, but that doesn't cover all of her debts. And in 1791, she's in her 60s and uh, resorts to put on fencing exhibitions for money. Hmm. Um, styling herself as a kind of swordswoman warrior, which is amazing. Interesting. Um, All this is making me think, actually, yes, a woman, because being a woman is terrible at this time, and if you did have a penis, wouldn't you have just sucked it up and whipped it out? It's possible. Um, so in nineteen or in 1792, there's a portrait painted of her, which mm-hmm. we should also look at, um, by Thomas Stewart. Um, and Dion is in a full cockade hat uh, in support of the French Revolution and a dusting of stubble on her cheeks. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and her sword-fighting career lasts until 1796, and then she's badly injured in a tournament and forced to retire. Can't do it. No, I mean, and she's like 60-something. Right. So settle down. You live to be very old for a French person of your age. She did. <laughs> Uh, not long after, she is driven by poverty to share a flat with an, uh, another old woman, a widow named Mrs. Cole. Hmm. Um, it says she becomes a shut-in, and she's too ill to leave her bed, and she sees very few people, and dies in May on May 21st, 1810, at the age of 81. Now, this is obviously when gender reveal <laughs> is going to happen. Yeah. There are multiple sources that say this happened a different way. Of course. So here we go. Here we go. Mrs. Cole is her roommate, 
Um, and she says she made a startling discovery when she went to dress her friend's body for the burial. Uh, the woman, who'd been a man to serve the, her king, was biologically male. Um, Dion's obituary, a few days later, describes her as a political character um, and remembered for more for her questionable gender, um, which the papers now said um, would be reported as definitely male. Um, one of the sources said hardly what Dion would have wanted. And I'm like, I'm sure... I don't know. Yeah, hard to say. Really. There's also, though, an account where they talk about a mortician is the one who discovers her gender, Mm -hmm. uh, which is biologically male. And there are a couple that say the certificate said um, unusual roundness in the formation of the limbs as well as breasts remarkably full for a man. So they're saying there was, like, female characteristics to him, technically. But I mean, that, that was another thing. Know, I'm like, could have been like ambiguous genitalia, right? Or some kind of um, I don't know. They, from everything I read, they said it was not that the, he was mm-hmm. clearly male, but that there were characteristics about his body in general that were very feminine in some ways. Uh, she left behind two thousand pages of unpublished manuscripts, including drafts of an autobiography, um, some of which are apparently outright fiction that says and I'm like sure of course um and only it says shed light uh partially on why she did what she did um because weirdly now weirdly to me because mm-hmm. I was like oh this is fun right and immediately when I because I read this in that book that I have mm-hmm. um and then I looked up some more sources about it and stuff but I immediately was like oh how fascinating of a, like a trans person and people letting them transition, basically, um, at least uh, like socially. Sure, um, fascinating. And of course, part of it's we don't know, mm-hmm. and some of it might have been this is the best thing for us as far right. as dealing with you. But it's still like quite a large and interesting thing to mm-hmm. happen at the time. Um, and then every single article I read was like, um, well, except for, I think, one, mm-hmm. was like, but why did he do that? And I immediately was like, I think it's because he was transgender. <laughs> because that's what makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sorry if, as far as uh, for, for trans listeners or people who, you know, I mean, I'm sorry in general. Um, I apologize for everyone. everything. <laughs> for um, not perhaps using correct pronouns. However, I thought about it before doing the episode, and I was like, I don't know what pronouns they would have wanted me to use. Yeah, Um, we don't know. I just used male ones when we were talking about him being male, and females when we were talking about him being female. Mm -hmm. Um, That said, I don't know what they want me to use, so I'm just going to use they for the rest of this. But um, I was very surprised that none of the people writing articles thought that that was an option for them. Yeah, that would have been, like, one obvious option. Because, especially because why, because what you were saying, why if you have a penis, uh, especially at this time, mm-hmm. are you choosing to be a woman? Right. That seems counterintuitive. Like, I can absolutely see why you would put on the role if you were male in every sense. Right. To get back into your country. Sure. But once you're back there. Yeah. There's like, no real reason to. Mm-hmm. Especially if you want to go to war and you, they keep not listening to you if and you, they keep just crapping on you. you uh, there could be a way to prove it. 
Right, and I don't think that they would have forced them to wear a dress and be a woman if they had proved it. Mm-hmm. I really don't think so. Especially because it sounds like they were a good soldier. And they're like, we need, you. we do need good soldiers. Luckily, it saved them from dying in the French Revolution. <laughs> so that's nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, none of, none of these have that as an option. But I'll read you why they think mm-hmm. that Chevalier might have done this. Because I ordered this book from Kate's and I was going to read it. And then I read this quote at the end of the article I read and then I canceled it. I was like, (laughs) never mind. Immediately. I don't need to hear your opinions anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I have a quote from him that says, which of course all of them are white dudes talking about it too. So, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, cis dudes. So I'm like, cool, I'm sure you get it a lot. White cis dudes. I I say as, you know, a cis female, but it's still... um, he says, uh, I see Dion's gender transformation as a midlife crisis, mm. which has very much to do with the reaction to the hypermasculinity of diplomacy and politics of the old regime. Mm. Interesting. Uh, which I love because somebody, or I, I wrote this in, I think, but I put, explain Kate's, a dude who doesn't understand what being trans is, clearly. Like, <laughs> it's like, I think it was because of this hypermasculine attitude and for personal. Like, midlife crisis. How insulting is that? It sounds... That's so rude. <laughs> it says about 100,000 times more about the author Kate's. writing it yeah. than it does about anything else. Right. And I was just like, yeah, I read that, and then I immediately went back to Amazon and was like, <laughs> I don't need this book. I cancel that. I can't read any more mm-hmm. of anything this man has to say. Which is a fascinating thing to consider when you're reading any kind of history. Yeah. That, uh, consider the source. And that there's going to be opinion in everything. Just like mm-hmm. there's opinion in this. Yeah. Um, you know, what we're giving you is a straight fact. Mm-hmm. At one point, a whole bunch of historians got together and tried to write a history book that was not biased. <laughs> and it was so dull that yeah. no one would read it. It's literally just dates. It's so boring. In fact. Right. It's like, this person wins this battle. This person wins this war. Cool. Next. There was a new year. This many of this happened. And it's just not true. Like, in history, there are villains and there are heroes. And they may be a different cast of people, depending on who's talking about it. But, like, it's just, there's some people who aren't great, and there's some people who are. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Uh, Kate's also asserts that Dion was in charge of his own destiny, uh, whereas Burroughs is another person who's written a book about them says uh, that Dion planted the rumors that they were actually a woman to furnish their escape plan. So he he doesn't think that they did that. He thinks that it was uh, Beaumarchais is the one who planted the rumors and was like, hey, I did this for you, and this is the only way you're getting back in. Mm -hmm. You're welcome, basically. And now, kind of, I'm in charge of you and what's happening with you. Which is possible. Yeah. But I'm like, if uh, Chevalier was a trans woman... um, the best way, I think, to get that done would have been to start rumors about yourself and get people talking about it and Mm -hmm. make it a big deal. Yeah. So that then it becomes uh, important. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Um, And like I said, we won't know why, but once again, I feel like the most logical conclusion is that uh, Chevalier was a trans woman. I don't know why we're even really talking about other things, but we'll keep going. Burroughs thinks it's possible that they didn't dispel the rumors because they were accepting payments from betting houses. So, which sounds false since they're in humongous debt forever. Right. And, um... And wouldn't you be able to accept money from either side? I mean... 
Because well, there are but, bets going on from both. But they're saying that's why they decided to be, or to keep it a mystery. I what guess. What they say out loud. I'm this one. Sure. Um, and they think, like I said, Beaumarchais' idea, um, court-ordered gender reassignment effectively politically neutered them, and so that made it easier and made Bar- Beaumarchais look really good to the French court. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Beaumarchais had bet a lot of money on uh, Dion's gender being exposed female, which I'm like, right. that sucks to be you. Like, all of the all of the excuses that are like, it's all a political thing, et cetera, et cetera, and, you know, it's all about control and making them say whatever we want to because now we control your power mm-hmm. uh, kind of fall away once they move back to England. Right. It's like, I'm not sure what the reasoning is anymore right to stay female agree unless you want to right to me all of this sounds like why would a man ever want to be a woman right and it's like true at the time it's really true right but that makes my conclusion be it must be because Mm -hmm. she was a trans woman right that's the only thing that makes sense Mm-hmm. But it makes it sound like, why would a man ever want to be a woman? All of these men talking about it, and I'm like, Bleh. Right, like, now, talking. nowadays especially, why would you ever, why would you ask, why do I? Right, and why would that not be their conclusion? Mm-hmm. Unless they just don't think that's an option. Why would you ever? Because these books aren't old. Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Kate's books is, like, in the 2000s. Right. So I'm like, what? Um, like there, there's a, a slight bit of a point. Like, if you really want to go to war... And you are a dude in every sense. Just prove it. Uh, just, you know, there's nothing really stopping you. Yeah. Just unless, go to a doctor that like, they uh, believe. I get Unless there's something weird holding you back. Like, if I let everyone know that I'm a guy, they're going to put me on trial for something. I don't think so, though. But I don't... Yeah, because it doesn't sound at all like that's what ha- is happening. And especially not once they're in England. Right. So it's like... Yes. Whatever. Go to England and leave. But anyway, um, Madame Champon... I don't know how to say her name... Uh, writes in her memoirs, This eccentric being had long solicited permission to return to France, but it was necessary to find a way of sparing the family he had offended the insult they would see in his return. He therefore made to resume the costume of that sex to which in France everything is pardoned. The desire to see his native land once more determined him to submit to the condition, but he revenged himself by combining the long train of his gown and the three deep ruffles on his sleeves with the attitude and conversation of a grenadier, which made him very disagreeable company. Um, So they're saying that's the only way he was going to get back. Yeah. Which is possible. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... In the 19th century, there was a biographer who claimed that Dion was simply cross-dressing in order to better seduce married women. (laughs) Which does not make sense to me. Um, To, like, get past their husbands? So you could spend, like, personal time with them? Sure. If if we're going with he right now? Sure. I guess. Once again, falls away once you're, like, broke in England. Right. And 70. Mm -hmm. Um, Reinforcing some kind of macho masculine idea. I don't know. Which, which earlier, you know, or like Kate's, that was one of his things. Like it's hyper masculine and it's like off putting to him somehow. It, it like yeah, I just so if all of you had to do this, this is why you would do it. Yeah, I want to sleep with all the wives. Right okay. in the twentieth century, uh, Dion's story was analyzed in psychosexual terms, and an early sexologist, uh, of course, Havelock Ellis uh, coined the term Ianism, 
um, to describe, uh, I'm sorry I'm going to use this word, I'm only using it because they're using it. It's a historical context. Which was appalling to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Transvestism. Mm -hmm. Um, And I say appalling, that one doesn't appall me because that's, uh, you know, early 1900s probably. Um, but there were articles I read, multiple of them, that ha- like from the 2000s, that had in there the word transvestite. Sure. And I was like, um, I'm like, I double checked that that was not the term to use because yeah. I was like, I'm fairly certain that's wrong. But I've now read it in three articles and want to make sure we're really not using that word. So I apologize that I'm saying it, but I want to point it out that other people are still using it Mm -hmm. in their official published works that I'm like, even from a few years ago, I'm like, stop. (laughs) Um, It is not a good word. Um, Dion, uh, it says, was not the most feminine of transvestites, says one of them. She hitched her skirt when she went upstairs and was rather coarse and boorish. So, it's so mean. Once again, we've talked about this. All that matters for women is their appearance. Yeah. Even if they murdered a whole bunch of people, we only care about if they're pretty or not now. Right. Even if they used to be a man, we don't care. Now they're just an ugly woman. No one talked about them being coarse and boorish when they were a man. No. Wasn't important. Or feminine looking, because mm-hmm. it said they had soft arms and, like, breasts. Mm-hmm. And that was not an issue. Because they were a soldier. And it says, none of that stopped pioneering feminist writers, including Mary Robinson and Mary uh, Wollstonecraft, hailing Dion as a shining example of female fortitude, someone women should look at and aspire to. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, Mary, especially, a, a great, um, sometimes unknown feminist mm-hmm. of her age, mother right. of Mary Shelley. Yes. Great woman. Um, also, another one said, we will never know if Dion was transgender or transvestite. Which I'm like, just don't put or. Just end the sentence at transgender and then you're done. I wonder if that's a generational thing. Because I know probably like some... Well, not even in the sense that it's like a derogatory term for transgender. Right. But in the sense of like a drag queen but not gay. Right, whether you're dressing in drag versus you're actually yeah. a transgender. Sure. Like, and that might be. But I'm still like, eh. So I've even heard people who cross-dress... Like, I think Eddie Izzard describes himself as mm. a, like, what? Male, lesbian, transvestite? Executive transvestite? <laughs> sure. So I'm like, I, I don't know. And he does it to um, differentiate himself from drag queens. Right. Who have the gay corner mm-hmm. settled. It's very straight. Sure. Male, lesbian. It's fair. <laughs> um, but there are a few things named after them. Um, the Beaumont Society is a support organization for transgender community. Oh, cool. Um, and has taken their name. Uh, it says the the article, whoever was writing the article emailed them and they didn't respond for a comment, mm-hmm. um, which I find strange. But sure. Sure. Um, as well as an anime star. Whoa. Did you know Chevalier is an anime star? No. There's an anime called Le Chevalier Dion. I did not um, know. Which is about a knight in service. It's not a lot, really, about <laughs> their life. Yeah. But it's about a knight in service to King Louis XV looking for clues about the death of his sister. Oh. And no, I'm like, not a whole lot at all. Fascinating, though. I'm like, <laughs> now I want to watch it. Right. Um, I'm like, maybe if it turns out that they're transgender. Who knows? When did it come out? Don't know. Mm. All right. Like, it was it one of those very strange, like, 1970s animes, or was it I think it's more year? recent. Um... 
Yeah, 2006. Oh, okay. So it's, you know, recent. Yeah. Recent-ish. Not too old. But yeah. How cool that you have an anime after you. <laughs> Even if it's not really about your life. That's like, how you know you've named made after it. you. That's how you know you've made it. <laughs> yeah, well, you're from the 18th century. <laughs> <laughs> you have an anime now. Um, and it says, perhaps, uh, the, or the, the last uh, quote I had was um, about... It was like the end of, I think, the Atlas Obscura article I was reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says, perhaps it's simple or simply that she was a woman, a person, so ahead of her time that it's taken more than 250 or 240 years to catch a glimpse of what she was trying to do. Sure. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Whereas, which is why I said there was one article <laughs> that was like, maybe she was just trans. And I'm like, how nice. Instead of like, maybe it was a trick. <laughs> maybe she was trying to trick you. Maybe she was making a lot of money from it. And I'm like, oh, you know, just... all those reasons that white cishet males think that people are transgender. Right. And there isn't a lot of evidence before um, they moved to France and assumed the identity as a woman that they wanted to be a woman besides mm-hmm. like the rumors. Right. Which is why France was like, wait a minute. Aren't you, though? Like, I thought I heard that rumor. Um, but apparently, uh, I read in one article that Empress Elizabeth, who I believe is Russian, um, held, uh, or that, uh, Chevalier dressed as a woman to go to a ball that they had Hmm. when they were in Russia, which would then more heavily suggest, you know, perhaps being trans. Um, but then it also, in a different one I read, it said that she regularly hosted drag balls. <laughs> That's so Everyone was dressing that way. That's wonderful. Um, and they were obliged to wear a dress regardless of their gender. Nice. So it's, that has no significance for evidence. I just wanted to mention that drag balls oh, in Russia might have been a thing. That would be so lovely. So That's cool. That would be so lovely if it was true. And even, I mean, even if Chevalier at the time wasn't like, hey, I'm pretty sure I'm a woman, I mean, that might have contributed because maybe. Maybe, um, like, they, man, I feel a lot better when I'm in a dress. Yeah, maybe they had just never worn a dress before and never gotten to be um, feminine. It's hard to conceive of yourself in a way if you don't know that thing exists. Right, um, which is why, like, I think people think there are a lot more trans people just now because culture is more liberal and then people think they're things. Mm-hmm. Um but really, it's just that culture gets more accepting and then more people are uh, vocal about it. Then they realize, like, oh, I didn't... And that that's so an that's option. What that, so that's what that was right. that I felt that mm-hmm. time. Hmm. That it's like... And, you know, and that it's not like something... Because I, I hate when Kate said that it was a midlife crisis. Right. That's so mean, uh, derogatory. That's what's happening to you, right. sir. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Um... But especially because it's like, it's not like you end your journey of self-discovery at a specific age. Mm -hmm. And then everything after that is you being ridiculous. That is what happens if you are that man. Sure. That's what he did. (laughs) But like, you know, at any time you could figure out that you were transgender Mm -hmm. or you could, you know, be like, oh, actually, I think I'm this sexuality or whatever. And it's like... You know, it's just part of being human is Mm -hmm. like figuring out how you work and like and the things change, too, over time. Some things are always that way with you and some things are going to shift. And it doesn't matter when you figure that out. It doesn't mean you're less of that thing or whatever. So. So maybe just shut up. Keys. Coats. Coats. He's really not important enough to remember. And Burrow. Both of them were. 
two thumbs down. I already forgot the name. I think I only Kates? said his name once. Kates? Kates. Coates. Keys? Keats. <laughs> you know, the poet. Yeah. Keats. Mm. Keats. He's a douche. No, I'm kidding. He's fine. Kits. Probably. I don't mm. know anything about him. Who? Keats. A dude. Yes. Yes. I know. Okay. <laughs> but I don't know anything about if he's a douche or not, is what I said. Mm. Tyler Keats. <laughs> James Polk Keats. My uh, favorite poet slash president. <laughs> Chevalier Tyler Joanne Janice Stephen Keats. Oh, but you noticed in um, Chevalier's name at the very beginning, Genevieve mm-hmm. is a female name. That is a female name. In his list of male names. Genevieve. Right. His second name, Charles Genevieve. And all the other ones are male. Um, which makes me curious if that was their name on their birth certificate or mm-hmm. perhaps what they just said their name was. Um, but in any regard... There's a female mm. name in there. Already. Beauregard. <laughs> Beauregard. Okay. Beaumarchais. Mm-hmm. Beaumarchais regard. Anyway, that's it. This episode's probably long, because we talked a lot. 113. And, oh, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. And, and some of it's ridiculous, and you'll cut it out, but... What a twist. What a twist. I bet you weren't expecting that. I know. The twist <laughs> came at, like, minute 35. I'm like, what? Whoa. <laughs> this is when we're winding down. <laughs> nope. Kicking it into high gear. Yeah, it's great. I see, and I'm happy because that always makes me happy, Um, which is why I was like, do you know who this is? Because if so, it's not as fun. Like, I thought about using they the whole time, but I was like, but that's going to tip you off to what's going on. And once again, I don't know what they would have wanted. Yeah, that's the hard thing about history. Yeah, and generally, the other people who had written about them had used male pronouns and then female pronouns. And so I was like, that seems to be what people are doing, and I'm going to do it that way. Yeah. Um, And I don't think that's... I mean, you can yell at me if you want to. Um, Like, they they couldn't express a preference. We don't know all the reasons. Yeah. And apparently, like, they, they even said, you know, in their autobiographical stuff that they had... That it, they didn't actually reveal how they felt about it, or we would know. Mm-hmm. And there wouldn't be people arguing about if it was a midlife crisis, or if it was convenient, or if it was trying to make money. Because some people do insist. They're like, no, you will address me as this. Right. And, you know, sometimes And, like, you know. that's what matters, you know. Anyway, hope you laughed. And cried. <laughs> and cried. <laughs> I hope you were surprised. Like, that was the other thing. It, it reminded me of... Um, the episode with our French King of Sweden too, right? Because it's like those <laughs> French, they're just, just like flipping, <laughs> blah blah blah. Lots of information. Who really cares? You know, like some of it's funny, but it's not like super important. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the moment. It's like snap. It's like the stinger. It's like, and then he's King of Sweden, and it's like what? What? Why? It's like, and then just kidding. I'll come home if you let me be a woman. And you're like, what? What? No, <laughs> that's like what I was expecting. Okay, I thought you just wanted more wine, <laughs> which was my favorite when I said that because it was like at the end of the sentence I was reading, but like you were you cut me off before I got to it uh-huh. about like what I'm trying to find the sentence. It's like they this. they wanted what they wanted uh, to not be yelled at, to, yeah, <laughs> to not be yelled at, um, and pay, pay all their, their debts paid and get yeah. a pension. Um, and then the end of the sentence was, and to be recognized publicly as a woman. Right. But you cut me off where we got there, and you were like, hold on a minute. You think he's going to pay your debts? France, <laughs> France is at war. <laughs> no one's going to pay your debts. Oh, wait, you want to be a woman? What? 
<laughs> and now I'm confused. Yeah, because I was like, no, no, hold on. And you're like, you just kept going. No, 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 no. We're not going to pay your debts. I don't care what you are. We're not going to pay your debts. Even if you're a woman. Especially not if you're a woman. Case closed. Goodbye. Marry someone. They'll pay it. Marry someone. I thought you were going to go, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. You are an animal. It's like I saw, I have to tell you, I saw this thing on Tumblr where somebody, it, they were writing down things that their friend or their sibling had said while they were like high on pain medication, mm, right? After like good. surgery or something. But it was like as things like that the Losers Club would say, right? And Mike's was um, seized Christmas decorations. <gasps> Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> it made Terrible. me laugh so much. Like, they didn't know it was their birthday. Like, happy birthday. <laughs> Jesus. It's a, it's a happy birthday. <laughs> anyway. Or, and you, that's how you, that's how, if you didn't know, if you run out of uh, Christmas paper uh, for Christmas, like wrapping presents, uh, if you only have happy birthday paper, you just write Jesus on it. And yep. now it's Christmas paper. Happy birthday, Jesus. Even though your birthday's in May, probably. It's Jesus. It's definitely in the spring. <laughs> According to the Bible, but, but that's that, okay. It didn't fit with the themes. Well, and then the it's pagan the rituals same, that were already happening, right? And then it's at the same time as Easter, and it's like everything can't happen in the same month. Christians well, got to spread out our holidays. Well, they had the things in Easter, but it has to do with the you know spring. It's all about coming back from the dead. Well, that's what anyway. I'm saying. You can't have the birth in the same right. month. It's too close together. People will forget. It's difficult. It doesn't work thematically. Spread them out. Anyway, this has been Hysterical History. <laughs> I'm Haley. I'm Alexis. Good night. <laughs> I know, what is so official? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to end. I'm hungry. Oh, sad baby hungry. And we need to watch Aww. Kill Bill. That's true. <laughs> we need to watch some women be awesome. Just yeah. like Chevalier. Charles. Genevieve. Genevieve. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Good night. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> With your pimps. With your pimps. <laughs> <laughs>